Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word which we hear this morning is from Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is true. Amen. When I ask the kids to list the six days of creation and what God made on each day, the one that most, almost all of them forget, is that God made plants on the third day. They usually get that he divided the water from the land, but they forget that he also made plants on that day. And that means that somewhere on earth on that, that first day, God made the first thistle. The Lord who made the trees and the flowers also made the thistles and the nettles. And that's something that we often forget as well. On January 30th of uh, 2009, Pastor Todd Ohm and myself visited this Nepali village up in the mountains of Nepal. Uh, we, went there, we got there late uh, that night, uh, well, actually early the next morning. It was, I think, 2 in the morning by the time we got to the village. And the next uh, day we had a Bible class, uh, a short Bible class with them, and, and then we had to get back, we had to get back uh, to the road, but the problem was that in order to get to the road and the town where the bus stop was, we had to go down into the valley, down the one mountain, and then back up the other mountain, and these aren't great pictures, so you might not be able to see it, uh, but you can see across, looking across the mountains there, uh, there's the road, I marked it in red there, uh, and there's the village that we needed to get to, and unfortunately the Nepalis didn't have some nice zip lines that we could zip across the, the valley. As you can imagine, it, took, uh, it was fairly easy going down, although you had to be a little careful, you didn't go too fast, uh, but uh, it took quite a bit longer to go back up the other side. We didn't get uh, to the road until, oh, I think it was around midnight, uh, when we finally got back up the other side of the mountain, and just as we were coming, just as we were almost at that road, and then it was a short walk down the road into the town for the night, and then we could get up and catch the bus the next day, there was uh, just one last steep little bank uh, we had to climb up to get on that road. Late and dark and tired, I put my hands down to scramble up that last little bank, and without realizing it, put my hand right in a nettle. And not just any kind of nettle, but that kind that really stings, that makes it feel like your uh, hand is on fire or with an electric current or something like that and doesn't go away for a couple hours. It's probably not a surprise that I didn't really feel very thankful for nettles and thistles at the time. And the idea of thanking God for making them never even entered my mind. It's hard to appreciate thistles and mosquitoes, especially since we don't really understand what purpose they serve. Nevertheless, 
God tells us that he made the tree, the flower, the thistle. He made it all, and what does he say? It was good. Each according to its kind, each in its place, each for its purpose. When was the last time you remembered to thank God for thistles and for mosquitoes? The prophet Job reminds us in Job 2.10 that it's very foolish of us to thank God for those things that we like and complain to God about those things that we don't like. God made them both for a purpose. Job 2.10, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. When Job talks about adversity in this passage, of course, he's not talking about uh, sin. That is not something that we should thank God for. But he is talking about those things that are a part of this earth, which we sometimes think of as bad, uh, because we think that we have the right to judge what God has created. Those things that God has put into our life for our good, whether we realize it or not. Now, I don't really think that you guys are going to go home and remember to pray thanks to God for thistles and mosquitoes. That's probably not going to happen, and I don't know that God cares that much either. There's no example. We learn to pray from reading God's word, from the examples God gives us, and there's no such example in Scripture that you need to thank God for thistles. It's not that about plants that God really cares. But what God does care about is people. And that's where we really have a problem. Just as we have a tendency to judge the plants that God has made and the animals that God has made and think this one is good and this one is bad when God has called them all good, so we also in our sinfulness unfortunately have a tendency to judge one another and to label people as good or bad, forgetting that it is God who created us all and it is Christ who died for all of us. Paul talks to, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he reminds us of this fact. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am out of, not of the body, is, the, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now as God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he is, just as he pleased. Paul reminds us, why should the eye think itself better than the foot? Or why should the foot be, feel ashamed and belittled for being a foot? God made us all, and it was good. It's good that some people are strong, uh, and strong of character, strong uh, in their mind, able to do that which is necessary. Other people are sensitive and maybe don't like to cut animals up. It's a, a world is better and more beautiful because of it. And we have some who can do that and some whose hearts are big enough. They care about every living thing enough that they, they don't like to do it. It's a richer, beautiful world. Who are we to say one is better than the other? It is good that some are full of laughter and, and some are more serious. And we, need, we need both. And who are we to say uh, that the one who is full of laughter is uh, bad or the one who is serious it is bad? It is good that some like to take charge and 
others like to follow and we might have a tendency to call the one bossy or call the other indecisive and put labels on those whom God has created. But God created us each in his own way and he created all good. We like to label things good and bad. We like to decide those things that I like, roses, daisies, and Violets are good, and those things I don't like, cactuses and thistles, are bad. But God is, we see in our text that God has already labeled all things. God has called sin bad, that's true, and should, <clears throat> we should repent of the sin. But God has called all that he created, both mosquitoes, birds, trees, flowers, and nettles, good. And again, I don't speak for the sake of plants, but for the sake of people. Romans 14, 4, who are you to judge another servant? His own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. In the context of Romans 14 here, Paul is talking, obviously, to the Romans who had this same problem. Some of them were bragging and boasting, claiming to be better than others because uh, some of them ate meat and some of them did not, according to the Jewish rules. Some of them uh, went to church every morning before work, and some of them went only on Sunday. And Paul has to write to them and remind them that it's not their place to judge or to say, well, I'm better than this other person. It is not good or bad to eat meat or not to eat meat. It is not good or bad uh, that you go every day and the other person goes only on Sunday. But each worships the Lord in his own way, Paul reminds us. It is not our place to label those whom God has created and those for whom Christ died. God saw that it was good. I'm really not sure what purpose a nettle and a thistle serve. I don't know why God made them or what good he brings out of them, though I'm sure he has his reasons. But on day three, as we talked about, God also separated the land and the water. And the water he gave the purpose of cleansing the land. Just as he gave us the waters of baptism to cleanse our hearts. We need that water of baptism to cleanse our hearts from this sin of partiality and arrogance. Because we do indeed often pick favorites and label what we think is good or bad instead of rejoicing and thanking God for all that he has made. But God does not show partiality. Romans 2, 11 to 12. For there is no partiality with God. For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. Uh, you know, at the end of that hike, that long <laughs> couple days of hiking actually up in the Nepali Mountains there, the one thing that I really needed more than anything else was water. I was pretty thirsty. We started out with some water we boiled, uh, but we drank that pretty quickly and were pretty thirsty by the end. In the, same thing, the, in the same way, the one thing that we need today is the water of God's grace to cleanse us of our partiality, of our favoritism. Paul reminds us again in 1 Corinthians 8.11, Because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Christ died equally for all, regardless of what we think. Uh, Romans reminds us that all are sinners, all are equally under the guilt of the law, and all are equally saved through faith in Christ. Romans 3.23, 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This too, the God is called good. It is good that Christ died for us all, and that God does not show partiality, that those whom God created, he has redeemed through his Son. On day three, God created the tree, the flower, the thistle, and the nettle, and it was good. And it's not our place to judge what God has called good. But he also created the water and the waters of baptism which wash us with the blood of Christ. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.